Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Robots in Disguise podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. A wizard did it. I'm David. <laughs> and that's right, this is the 33rd episode of Transformers Robots in Disguise. Uh, first aired April the 2nd, 2016. Uh, written by frequent Robots in Disguise writer Guy Tubes, or possibly Guy Tubey. Something like that. Or possibly just Guy Tubes. I well, would French is probably Guitove. I want to be something. named Guy Tubes. Like it's making up syllables. That's a great name. I don't know. You're yeah. the one who's Canadian. Don't you know how French works? Well, yes, but there are like a lot of things that our French have been Americanized. Uh, like even in my hometown, we have a a street that is you know La Croix Street, mm. but everyone here pronounces it Lacroix. I see. Oh, well, yeah, but you're also you're not in in. Um, the French problem. Well, well, there are Franco-Ontarians, and in fact, there like is Lafette. a there, there is a notable um, uh, French Canadian village near my hometown, uh, Pancour, which is not pronounced Paincourt. Oh, <laughs> although it would be cool if it was. Yeah, that's a great name for a little district. Bad news, pal. You've just been sentenced to pain court. <laughs> sounds, sounds like a Wolverine line. Oh, man. Like some goofy story in which Wolverine was... I mean, I guess he could just be working with Daredevil. I was going to say he, you know, in some world in which Wolverine was a lawyer, but he could just be working with Daredevil. Why do I get the feeling that Shorzy's spinoff is going to have an episode called Pain Court? <laughs> I mean, they're really not from this part of Ontario. We know, but... It's a big province. Wait, are they north? I guess? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they're... I, I've only seen later Kenny and Snippets. I still haven't seen a full episode. And it's hard to imagine how it works as a full episode, because every segment is individual. Yeah, pretty much. And they, they film it around Sudbury, which is a fair bit to the north of here. Yeah. Sudbury. Uh, home of the world's largest nickel. Uh, maybe that's what I heard about. You can't just have the world's largest nickel. That's ridiculous. Well, they mine nickel there. Oh. And it's it's Canadian, so of course the, the nickel has a beaver on it. Uh, is there also a giant dinosaur nearby? Uh, oh. <laughs> because then you're in the Batcave. Well, no, because he he has a giant penny, so there'd have oh, to be penny. there would have to be five dinosaurs, <laughs> or a dinosaur that is five times the size of the Batman dinosaur. Yes, well, a Spinosaur, very big. Or oh uh, man, isn't there a dinosaur, something bigger recently found? Probably the Giganotosaurus. Maybe. Uh, my dinosaur knowledge is a little fuzzy lately. Other than there was a nearly complete egg of something found. I forget what species it was. Anyway. Well, I know they, they recently found a perfect, a pristine dinosaur anus. Yes. It was majestic. Also, it yes. sounded like it was basically just a cloaca. Which is what we expected anyway. Yeah. Although they do think that, tra- that uh, dinosaurs had penises. Mm-hmm. Well, half the dinosaurs. Well, yeah, because they're two basic different lines, but yeah. Well, because reptiles do have them, and birds do not have them, but some birds do have them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more primitive like, birds, kind of. Like yes, so that's what. So that's why they think the dinosaurs had them as well, uh, like ducks. 
And that is misdirection <gasps> and animal genitals. Yeah, okay. let's not right. talk too much about <laughs> ducks, man. That's... Uh, so anyway, Guy Tubes, uh, last seen writing Metal Meltdown a few weeks ago. Ooh. And uh, yes, we open with magic. <gasps> oh. uh, sadly, the, it was not in the licensing budget to have them playing uh, the final countdown during this. <laughs> They're not tricks, strong arm. They're illusions. How, how many Z's are on that wizard hat? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. This this is the the great Rustini. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who is uh, who's dressed up like a wizard, not really a stage magician. And uh, you know, and you know, Denny is very proud because you know Russell loves magic. Russell loved magic, but I'm doing it. But he's doing it. Anyway, because, you know, it's keeping Dad happy. He's doing it for his dad. Dad seems... Yep. I mean, he... Russ, he's liking it. He he doesn't hate yes. it, but also he's <laughs> doing it because his dad likes it. And, and he he totally makes a coin disappear. And uh, to which uh, Strayham responds that, you know, just let me interrogate Russell. I can break it. <laughs> the delivery oh. is so good, though. <laughs> she's just like she's so serious. I mean, she means it, but also she's, the acting. She's gonna find out where that coin is. The acting very clearly conveys that Strongarm is absolutely convinced that a crime has just been committed. <laughs> she's That's right. Prepared to deal with it appropriately. <laughs> Strongarm, no. Bumblebee, he you know he knows it's a trick, and sh- and sure enough, much like the masked magician on those old Fox specials, uh, Russell does explain how he used misdirection, uh, much like the title of the episode. Yes, <laughs> conveniently. But hey, unfortunately, this magic show is over because there is a Decepticon headed right for them. And they and they open up the gate, and instead of the attack, they get a surprise. Just coming right to knock on their front door. They get a surprise. A sexy surprise. Because it's Steeljaw. <laughs> Yay! And he is beat to hell, so get it's- those hurt comfort fix ready, ladies. Oh yeah, it's the best. Yes, he, he is wounded. <gasps> uh, in fact, he's been betrayed by Scorpionock. <gasps> oh no! Yes, he, he's been betrayed by a scorpion and has three claw marks across his chest that kind of look like his own claw shape and width. I mean, he, he really shouldn't have offered him to carry him across that river. <laughs> yes. Wait, wasn't a. What, what you that was a frog. frog right? uh, although, uh, although, put a pin in that because we're going to see uh, Springload a little later. Yay! <laughs> the best robot. But yes, he uh, he is not particularly looking like he got beat up by a scorpion. No, not really. I mean, you know, he, he just you know, here I was, and then he rocked me like a hurricane. <laughs> he is leaking a lot of energon, though. Yes, which is blue in this series. Was it? Wait, it was blue in Prime yeah. too. Yeah. I think yes. so, yes. Oh, right, yeah, because... It's usually the color of R.C. Yes. <laughs> She's painted the color of blood. So they put him in a stasis pod, and they triple-check to make sure he doesn't have anything... He's not going to get out of there. 
And so they, they look up Scorponok, and indeed, he's not in the database either. <gasps> what? And I, I think it's also at this point that um, that Bumblebee says that he never really felt comfortable around Steeljaw, possibly because he's too sexy. Yeah, that that was my immediate thought. I was like, that's because he's super sexy and you're not prepared to deal with that. Listen, I'm pretty sure I'm I'm both straight and not a furry, but... <laughs> he makes me question things that I have not been questioning. There are no straight robots on Cybertron. <laughs> How it wants my furries, though. That's what IDW taught us. Yes, first they have to develop gender, then sexuality. And they've already got animal guys, so I guess they've got furries already handled. Oh. Yes. They, they, they just have yet to produce uh, that uh, that Robin Hood cartoon. <laughs> really get things going. Soon. They'll get there. Well, we are getting a Beast Warsy movie, aren't we? That's true. Oh, yeah. We'll get to the furries soon enough. Sexy robot furry. Yeah, so so Scorponok is not in this database, but he is in a larger database... In which we find out that he was a, uh, he like raided small towns, intimidating them and like wrecking them up for fun. Yes. So, uh, as a you bad do guy, when you're generally. a bad guy. Yeah, <laughs> typical bad guy stuff. And so, yeah, he, uh, so they trace this, uh, this trail of robot blood back to where he was so they could find, uh, Scorponok as well. And they find themselves at the drive-in. <gasps> and uh, Strongarm has a delightful re- uh, reaction. So Bobby explains that, you know, that humans would go to the movie, go to the watch movies on this, uh, you know, watch this uh, movie pretty on a large screen. Oh, a, re- a reward for their vehicles. Very considerate. <laughs> <laughs> She's trying. She's trying Str- her best to understand Earth. Mm. This, is, this is a good Strongarm episode. Yeah. Yes. So, sure enough, uh, Scorponok does soon arrive, and he's got a couple of Minicon buddies with him. Yeah, uh, two <sighs> balls that follow him and talk like little gremlins. They're adorable. They're so round. They're chubby little gremlins. Even in robot mode, they're round. They kind of sound like they're burping all the time. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're cute. They, they're they're like wrecking balls with legs and arms. Yes, I love. Them. Yes, uh, this is bludgeon and clout. Ah, yeah. Oh, and, and they show up with like this a new again odd music. This sort of reminds me of, like RPG music, like old town music or something. It's odd. Hmm. It's it, it's not quite eight bit, but it feels like it reminds me of something. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, yeah, they're they're both voiced by uh, D. Bradley Baker, who is in a zillion things. So many things. Uh, oddly, not a lot of Transformers uh, appearances for him. He is all of the clone troopers. Oh yeah. So I think he's most of the Bad Batch. Oh yeah, except for the one who is a girl. Hmm. Yes, and he's also a bit. He also does a lot of animal voices. Oh yeah, yeah. He he's your. Uh, we don't have Frank Welker. We have Frank Welker at home. Oh, he's yes. Appa, right? Yes. The Sky Bison in Avatar. Appa and uh, oh, what, the, the little lemur thing, too. Oh, yeah. What was his name? I forget. Uh, he's, he's that lion thing from Steven Universe. Oh, yeah. Oh. Lion. 
was just called Lion. And, uh, of course, he was also uh, Olmec the Stone Head in uh, <laughs> Legends of the Hidden Temple. Uh, yeah. Ooh. He's been around for, well, he hasn't been around Frank Welker long, but he's been around for a no, while. No, he's been around. Uh, he's also shown up a couple of times on Rescue Bots. He was uh, Y Fido. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he was also the uh, the dog in that uh, Littlest Hobo episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That episode. So, yeah, bludgeon and clout. They, Check they're for just... a microchip, people. <laughs> Check for a microchip. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, they're, they're just big round balls who love, mostly love fighting with each other. Yeah. They're just sparring all the time, being round. Mm. Oh, they're so cute. They're and, so and round. He, and he is annoyed because he's supposed to meet somebody there and they're not there. And it turns out that who, the guy he is meeting, it is, uh, it is time for some more illumination through acceleration. Yes! More crazy bolt and sliced dice. So yes, this episode has a bunch of random previous Decepticons in it. I love so it. It's great. Scorpnock is well, basically new. We did see him in the one episode at the very end. Yeah. And of course, he is mad because he has to be here meeting this guy for a dumb meeting instead of speeding on the road. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And but it turns out that they're all they were all called here by Steeljaw. Huh. Hmm. It's almost like Steeljaw has set a trap for somebody and he doesn't care who, as we'll find out later. And and indeed cut to uh, cut to Steeljaw, he's getting out of Stasis Pod. Yep. He's thawing out, the door pops. Yeah, yep. he's a trust. His sonic screwdriver has a setting for that. <laughs> <laughs> So Scorponok is terribly annoyed with Crazy Bolt, but instead of fighting with each other, they get to fight the Autobots, because Bumblebee and Grimlock jump out to fight them, whilst Strongarm goes back to speed to the base. Yes. To stop whatever Steeljaw is planning. Hmm. So there, there is a cool fight here. Crazy Bolt and Slice just want to leave, but they know Scorponok's going to beat them up if they do, so they're going to fight Bumblebee instead. And they totally yeah. set him on fire. <laughs> yes. I think specifically awesome. he says he says the broken white lion calls to me. Oh yeah, he's, he has some really good ones in this episode again. Scorponok has a really neat walk cycle. Yeah, because I know we've seen him previously, but he's got the back canted legs and he's got this enormous tail and he just got a loping, digited grade walk. Yeah, like hunchback. It's very cool. Hmm. So anyway, yes, they are setting Bumblebee on fire. Yes. So meanwhile, back at the base, Fixit, Russell, and Denny are trapped in a subsonic force field. And they're apparently being <laughs> subjected to cold slither. Yes. They're they're showing their distress in pretty much exactly the same way that G1 Autobots always react <laughs> to, to blaster or jazz playing any kind of earth music, which was pretty much always cold slither. It's, it's either cold slither or that weird, like, big band music that they use sometimes. They're doing the same, like, hands over their ears and, like, ah... So, yeah, I, I immediately thought that they were being subjected to cold slither. <laughs> so, yeah, so Steeljaw's showing up that there is indeed... He's using misdirection, too, and unlike Russell, there is something up his sleeve. 
Specifically, it's a little doodad that makes a subsonic force field around him, which also projected a field around him whilst he was so so as to immunize him against the cryo gas. Sure. And then also allowed him to open it up from the inside. So, you know, so he says specifically that, uh, you know, your friends are being are busy being taken apart by acquaintances of mine or the other way around. I'm fine with either. <laughs> it's, a, it's a classic steel jaw. Why is he so sexy? It's not okay. <laughs> so he is there to uh, to do a little shopping for uh, for some more uh, some more pals. He's cracking his buddies out of the joint. Half his old pals, half other guys that I don't think he ever met, but who I'm sure are more than happy to be cracked out of jail. Well, so, not really. Stick to jail. Well, to be out of the tube, yes. But. Yeah. So, so back at the uh, the drive-in, Crazy Bolt, he's accidentally knocked out Bludgeon and Clout, and then Bumblebee grabs Slice Dice, uses him as a shield, and then throws him at Crazy Bolt. <laughs> and unfortunately, Scorponok has uh, defeated Grimlock and is using him as a hostage to uh, to get Bumblebee yeah. to uh, to surrender. Oops. So we're back at the base, and we have uh, we have and uh, Steeljaw has freed a regular uh, Legion of Doom of previous <laughs> bad guys. Yeah, the band yeah. is back together. That's right. We've got uh, Decepticon uh, Decepticon Overactor Overload. Yes. We've got Gorilla Gladiator Ground Pounder. Yep. Yeah. Presumably uh, his mini con is there too, but we don't see him. Uh Cybertronian Mafia Mafioso Thunderhoof. Yes, who is back and being Frank Stallone. Ayo. Uh we got deranged uh Frogbot Springload. <laughs> For Doradus. Not everybody gets speaking lines here, but Thunderhoof absolutely does. Yeah. Yes. Is it just him? I yes, he's the only one. Hmm. Again, we're not getting all these voice actors at the here. I know right we're not getting all, but I have to so I uh, turn to remember got, like uh, anyone who was doing double duty. We've got Lobster Gamer Bisque. <laughs> yep. Bisque. We've got the Twitchy Crab Snitch Clampdown. The best Two one. characters with their eyes on stalks. Yes. <laughs> and finally, Porcupine Revolutionary Quillfire. Yeah, so everybody who has a toy and ground pounder. He got like a legends guy. He did? Oh. Yes. Well, so, and that's the only one that Clampdown got too. Well, yeah, yeah, but it, it's a figure. No, didn't he, yeah. didn't he get, he got like oh, and a he also got like one of those hero mashers yeah. or whatever. They didn't Yeah, he didn't have them. a, uh, warrior size. Or and I think that one was only released in like Europe or something. Yeah, I don't know. Man, oh, ground pounder did have a toy. Line. I do not remember that at all. Viva la Revolution. Probably because it's weird that he got a teeny freaking toy and he's Even huge. though he's a huge gorilla. Yeah. yeah. And the toy anyway. barely looks like him. Yeah. So he's all, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, Thunderhoof quite rightly asks, uh, why should we listen to you again, considering the last time you got us involved with uh, uh, Decepticon uh, Judas, who totally kicked our asses. <laughs> and tried to, you know, destroy the Earth. You know, good point. With us on it, I feel like that's the important thing. 
Yeah, so, you know, Steel Jaw, you know, he turns on the charm and. Oh, uh, you okay, buddy? Sorry. Hank is on my shoulder and he just let out a big sneeze. Oh. So, you know, he, he turns on the charm and he's all, well, you know, listen, uh, you know, you have my full apologies. And also, here are the coordinates to Decepticon Island. And, you know, if, uh, if there's nothing there, then uh, feel free to take your leave of me. <laughs> So they, he heads out, but he wants to take uh, some of the weapons from uh, this uh, from this Autobot base. So he's going to stick around. Yeah, because he he was the one there, wasn't he? When uh, Fix It went crazy and deployed yes, he was. all the crazy weaponry, and he's like, yes. you know what? I'm going to take some of that with me. Uh, so this sets up what is a an extremely cool fight. Uh, for uh, for for strong between Strongarm and Steeljaw here, yes. Although uh, and and Steeljaw doesn't usually get the upper hand because he uses the patented Dale Gribble tacket tactic of pocket sand. <laughs> <laughs> also, when when she shows up, he's like, "Oh, the inexperienced cadet." And she points out that she has a lot more experience now. I'm like, "Yeah, she's got the experience to." Re- to resist his sexy now. <laughs> it's because because Windblade is around now, so she's less interested in him. So they ha- I they mean, not around, v- around, but around enough. Yeah, they, they have a very cool fight. At one point, I'm pretty sure she kicks him in the junk. <laughs> well, she also kicks him in the face, I think. Like, it's, it's a common rider-style air kick. Yes, there a lot of leaping kicks, which is pretty, which is pretty impressive because she's a she's a big gal. Yes. Yeah, with giant boots, which kicks she's good. She's been practicing. She's been getting that experience. Yes. Also, he says something about taking the their intriguing weapons, and the way he says intriguing is completely inappropriate. Oh yes, <laughs> it's not. Settle down, settle down, buddy. Listen, does anybody else have that fetish where you're aroused by uh, high-tech weaponry? No, just me? Okay, then. Well, there have been various Transformers that have probably had that in the past. And it's the Decepticon Hunter weapons are interesting, even though they kind of look boring. Guys go into the bathroom with copies of Jane's Defense Weekly. Anyway, so she she totally beats beats the hell out of him, but he's all, oh yeah, well, also uh, your friends. I'm going to, I'm going to. Uh, he says that if he presses this button, they'll be squeezed to pulp, which is uh, impressively visceral. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So back again, at the drive. they react like they are being subjected to cold slither. Yes. And we go back at the drive-in, Bumblebee is using a little misdirection of his own, because he says that, uh, you know, he knows what what uh, Steeljaw's really after, and that's this planet's magic. <laughs> is he Marklin now? Is this Visionaries now? <laughs> no, he's Merlin. It should be he's a, Visionaries now. He's actually a, a drunk uh, Stanley Tucci. Yes, it, it could also be drunk Stanley Tucci. Oh, that, that's not a good movie, but I would watch an entire movie about drunk Stanley Tucci Merlin. Yeah, it, it has problems, but it's entertaining in some of those dumb problems. 
Yes. I, I did proceed to uh, watch the rest of Visionaries after we watched it for this. Uh, and the episode, The Overthrow of Merklin, I highly recommend. Ooh. Also, like, TMS is bringing their A game on that series Ooh. for no reason. It's amazing. <laughs> also, that's the one <laughs> there's wizard jail and there's just, like, a bunch of other wizards. Wizard jail. Okay, uh, I'm interested in there. It's very silly. It's it's definitely like a a cobra focused episode of GI Joe almost, but also <laughs> wizard jail. <laughs> so yeah, he uh, so you know Steel Joe's uh, come on magic, <laughs> but he's like, no, no no see let's Scorpionok is. Yeah, Scorpionok is. He dubious. does not believe in magic. No, so he's like, no, no no look look I got. Uh, I made this rock disappear. Ooh. And then he just throws Crazy Bolt at Scorpionok. Yeah, well, after I spinning the rock like, at him. Yes. I feel like sleight of hand in an animated medium is cheating. Yes. Yeah, but it's also weirder <laughs> you're doing in the 3D it live than action, metal, but... If you're actually doing it in live action, the actor has to actually do the thing. Whereas in animation... You don't have to actually do the thing. Yeah, you just look, draw whatever you feel like and say that it was sleight of hand. It is true. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think they show us a, a slot shot of him, like, stuffing it in his mouth. <laughs> like, in good animation would do. Like, you would see the trick happen. Like a Disney film. Yeah, yes. something with big budget and 2D animator, probably. I don't know if 3D would do it. Because it, it just probably just passed through his model hand and into his mouth. Yes. And unfortunately, this is given, or fortunately, this is given Grimlock time to recover, and so they totally beat up these two Decepticons. Yay! Yeah. They win. Isn't Scorponok like the co-leader of the island of Decepticons? Well, it's it's like a triumvirate because it's, uh, or wait, I guess is it? I think it, is, I thought it was in the first ep- time we saw them, like it was him and, and uh, the Glowbug, whatever. Right, uh, Glowstrike. I, yeah, I, I don't know if uh, Saberhorn is in there. Yeah, it, it seemed like Saberhorn was like. Their first lieutenant or something, right? Because they dismissed him for failing. Yes. Yeah, so he's we, uh, definitely high ranking, but he's not like the top. Mm-hmm. So they, they get they take these Decepticons back to the base, um, and meanwhile, Strongarm is fighting Steeljaw. She does get this remote, and she's able to free them, but uh, Steeljaw gets away. Ooh. Alas. But the good news is they do now have Scorponok and uh Crazy Bolt and three minicons. Uh, oh Crazy Bolt had, had right. like a let's flip this stationary scene at one point. <laughs> that was another good line. Yes. <laughs> and unfortunately that is a wrap for Crazy Bolt. Oh Aww. well at least we got a second episode with him, but you did get a second episode. And I think yeah. is this a, also a wrap for Scorponok? Mm-hmm. This is a wrap for Scorponok. I think it's weird. That's a shame because he's like he was got that really barely in that one episode he showed he's up. He's got that really cool walk cycle. Yeah, so I guess this was his big episode. Well, yeah. they're going to well, reuse his model for a guy. Yes, later. I do remember okay, they reused his walk his walk cycle because I have the other toy. Yes, because I don't think I ever saw the Scorpionok toy. Ah. Admittedly, I prefer the colors on the other one and the head. Yeah, I mean, and he's definitely more purple. Yes, and he has he has an actual Scorpionok head. Yes, yeah, so like a Beast Wars Scorpionok head. Yes. Oh. He's a smirker. Mango. Mango. (laughs) 
so yeah, so so they they do have these Decepticons, but of course they have a ton of escapees, and of course they're modifying the pod so that uh, that trick won't work again. Hmm. No. So yeah, we're uh, so we're back at uh, back at the Hall of Doom here, Decepticon Island, and Steeljaw's all hey, uh, Glow Strike, Saberhorn, check it out. I got I brought you all these guys. They're pretty cool. I brought huh? you a present. Yes, except for Clampdown, who sucks. I I do really yes. like uh, the the lingering shot on Clampdown as as she's like, yeah, this is definitely best and the brightest. Yes, his little googly eyes wandering around. <laughs> Does this guy turn into a Woody wagon? Yeah, I know. <laughs> and and of course, Steeljaw has convinced them also that Scorponok betrayed them. Yes. Definitely not the other way around. Yes. Misdirection indeed. Oh. Oh, Man, I wonder what he sounds like in French. Oh. Oh, wow. They actually could not legally do it. It was too sexy. (laughs) Yeah, that that might be too powerful. It it, it is kind of amazing how Steeljaw is everything people claim Starscream is. (laughs) Yes. Like, Back he, when uh, so Beast Wars was first released way. on DVD, maybe I mentioned this back in the day, but mm. it had a French language track because that was readily available because it was Canadian, uh, and Dinobot in French is just absurdly sexy sounding. Mm. Not okay. <laughs> French Scott McNeil. Uh, so yeah, that is this episode. I, I enjoyed this one a lot. Well, yeah, it's a steel jaw uh, episode, and it's got some great steel jaw. Uh, Scorponok and uh, Crazy Bolt are both fun. Steel jaw does claim that he has learned from his last. He's he's learned from his past mistakes. Hmm. Like no, well, no, you have it a little bit. I mean, but... I guess maybe don't follow like demigods. Well, the demigod was kind of stuck in his head. I suppose and he couldn't get it out. <laughs> Now he's entirely under his own power and working his way up through the chain of command. We do get a very evil grin from him. Yes. Mm. So yeah, no, this one was a lot of fun. And yeah, I'm looking it's always, forward uh, to where this plot is going. It's always great when we get... I mean, I like the Monster of the Week format, but I do also like when the gang gets back together. Yes. Steeljaw is always a lot of fun. He's... You know, like a more competent Starscream sort of character. Mm-hmm. He's he's conniving, but he's actually good at it. Uh, yes, I I really like the the previous few series have had breakout characters that have lived on past their series, like Bulkhead, who moved into from animated into Prime, and uh, Knockout, who's moved on in the comics and, and become bigger, but. Steeljaw should be the breakout character of this show, and he really hasn't. It kind of turned out it was Strongarm. Yeah, I mean, it's probably... Yeah, I guess. It's probably somewhat easier to have Autobots as your breakout character because you're focusing more on Autobots yeah. and the storytelling, but I guess that's a bias that the writers need to confront in themselves. Yeah, I guess... Mm. Wait, has Pro-Autobot bias? Has Steeljaw been an ID to Probably in the... I think he has no, or I, I mean, strong arm. I think he's strong? been in the background or maybe in a small role, okay. not in yes, a significant I, role. I haven't entirely been keeping up with IDW lately. 
I mean, I know she was, step of reading. Yeah, she was no, at she's the definitely... very tail end of the first run of IDW. Yes, but oh. she's she's turned up a fair bit in the new IDW as well. Yeah, she's in that a little more. Mm-hmm. Yay, another cop character. I mean, you there's a lot of job. cops in <laughs> in, in uh, new IDW stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so I believe that now brings us to David's Tokusatsu Corner. Yes, this week on Ghost Sentai, Die Ranger, Demon with the Golden Kick. A bus full of bird cages drives by, and out comes a. Oh shit, I need a drink. <laughs> like some rum, or. Well, yeah, I'll probably have rum after this, too. But uh, out comes a, a guy. With, with, I guess he's selling these birds or something, but but he has a like hawk vulture thing sitting on his shoulder, which of course is just a puppet, a hand puppet looking around at red balloons, and the bird lets a balloon out of its mouth and flies and looks like it's killing people. He's the monster of the week, the <laughs> guy, not the bird. Oh, it should be the bird. It should be. Well, the, the, the bird. I kind of love the bird puppet because it looks decently enough like a bird, but it's kind of obviously just, he's using it as a puppet, because it's sitting on his shoulder. Uh-huh. I wish there was more of the bird in the episode. Anyway, he kidnaps a child, because he's the monster of the week. Because that's what you do in Toku. Kidnap uh, children. It's all child endangerment all the time. I think it's the Blue Ranger who, like, rescues the child, but the bird keeps chasing him, attacks them while they're in a phone booth. Oh, hey, it's a reference to the movie Birds. <laughs> This vulture hawk picks up the entire phone booth with them in it. Why it, it should be a reference to the movie Bird Demic. <laughs> oh no! Except this probably that yeah, I was gonna say by decades. It, it carries this entire decades. phone booth with an adult and a child in it to a rock quarry <laughs> for budgetary reasons. Well, they had to get to the rock quarry because yeah, and, and, they had. That's where the fight's gonna happen. The monster of the week, like, dresses, like, um... He says amigo a lot and senior muchacho. Oh, no. It, yes. And he's wearing a poncho. Oh, and no. And has a peg leg. <laughs> because he wants his leg back, which was chopped off centuries ago, because he had a golden leg that could kick and kill anyone. Mm-hmm. He's one of the bad guys, of course. He's Birdcage Vagrant, <laughs> and his transformed form is in a poncho. His torso is a big birdcage with a, like, bird nest in the center where the head would be, and a sombrero on top. Sure. Okay. <laughs> so he, it, it, None of this is okay. He's got a rifle, and he's, like, he's an amazing shot, and he's just harassing the rangers, or... No, mostly it's just like the Red Ranger, the Blue Ranger. Because the, the Red Ranger's the only one that shows up at the beginning to help the Blue Ranger, and somehow he sucks the little girl and the Blue Ranger into his birdcage bird nest in, in a little dimension in there. So the Red Ranger's just fighting the, the, the birdcage vagrant. As you do. And, and the vagrant tells him and tells one of the Gorma guys, like, if you get my leg back, you can have the Ranger and the child, whatever the fuck. But if you want the ranger back, give me my fucking leg. <laughs> but it turns out, like, the only way to get it is Master Taku could go into this 
pocket dimension or something where the leg is in a lake. He's like, he doesn't want to do it. It's like, but the ranger's in there, but he's not going to let him go. But get the leg! So eventually he <laughs> relents and gets the leg. But then the Gorma guy shows up there and steals the leg. It's oddly confusing. Anyway, the monster that we gets his leg back. Mm-hmm. The Blue Ranger gets out, and I guess the little girl does, does too. I was looking at my phone for a minute and missed that part. <laughs> Blinkage, and you miss it. I got distracted. Time was running out. Um, it's, Anyway, so he, he has his awesome leg back and the great golden kick, which can be countered by the, the red and blue ranger kicking that leg at the same time, and they're stronger. Sure. <laughs> so this guy who was awesome centuries ago with his super powerful kick kind of gets his ass handed to him by all the rangers together. It's like, well, he's old. His back hurts, Grandpa. <laughs> yeah. But it, he's just... He's a full of character with, with the poncho being an asshole. His peg leg, of course, is a machine gun. Of course. And a bus full of bird cages, which is very weird that he drives around in. <laughs> you know. But anyway, but yeah, the, the Rangers beat him in the end, and he says, adios, amigo. Oh, no. And blows up. It, it's not. It's not tequila Gundam levels, quite. <laughs> is it Jointron like, levels? Um, ooh, no, he he doesn't have maracas and play a song or anything. <laughs> he, ju- he just spices in a little bit of Spanish in here and there. He is not a mariachi band combiner. No. Although, maybe he is like a western stereotype of like a Mexican gunslinger or something, I guess. Maybe. But it, it's a reasonably odd, entertaining episode with him. Good. That's pretty much it. It's like, he is the episode. Oh, Japan. His vulture bird might survive. I don't remember seeing it at the end. <laughs> I like birds. Bird. Bird. Anyway, that's it. All right, so that yeah, does it for us for this week. We'll be back next week with more Robots in Disguise. Until then, you can find us all over the internet. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, and we have a Patreon. Yes, we are hosted on iaconunderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up to help with hosting and other expenses. That is at patreon.com slash iaconunderground. Uh, for February, we have watched Eternals. Not the Eternals, just Eternals. Because well, uh, there was only one of those movies. So when did Morbius get delayed to again? I think April. Okay, I was going to say, I thought it was either March or May, and May would currently seem like a very bad idea because I don't think it wants to go up against Doctor Strange. Mm, no. So, for, Oh yeah, we might get to Doctor Strange first. For March, we will watch something. It should we'll be it April the 1st, 2022. April Fools, this movie exists. Oh my <laughs> god. Really? They're really releasing it on April Fools Day. Yep. <laughs> That's a decision. That's definitely a decision. Uh, Well, I doubt I will be able to convince everybody else to go see Moonfall, which I need to go see. (laughs) Not really. (laughs) I do! It's Roland Emmerich, and it's got Sam from Game of Thrones. I mean, in a normal year, maybe, but eh, I can wait. Look, at least there won't be anyone else in the theater. Well, quite possible. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we, we will figure out something for March uh, at some point in the near future. 
but yes, uh, for as little as a dollar a month, you can listen in on our monthly specials where we talk about whatever new Marvel movie has just come to streaming, uh, whatever fun things adjacent to movies that we can come up with, like, for instance, a 90s Spider-Man episode featuring Morbius the Living Vampire. Phil, wow. various things we've been threatening for a while, Felicia. or some of us have started watching on streaming. <laughs> We're going to do a Gargoyles episode one of these days. One of these oh, days. Yes. Yes. Uh, so yeah, that is at patreon.com slash underground. All right. Uh, so we'll be back next week uh, with uh, Bumblebee's Day Off. Oh, that sounds nice. Just going to be oh, hanging out with Alan Ruck and... Uh, oh, I can't think of her name. It's not a Yone Sky. I can't think of it. Jennifer Connelly. No, it's No, not. you're thinking of uh, career opportunities. I don't know what I'm thinking of, except Jennifer Connelly was in some things. Is the name of a person who was in some things. Mia Sarah. Mia Sarah. Okay. Sloan Peterson. In relation to Michael Sarah? No, it's spelled differently. Oh. Well, well, it's uh, because it's S A R A, but it's short for Sarah Pocciello. Aha! Uh-huh. Oh. That seems reasonable. All right. So until then, I'm Rob. I'm Jen, and the purring in my lap tonight is con- is uh, presented by Hank, the foster kitten. No, I'm David, and I'm wondering when the one episode I remember that was focused on Bumblebee actually happens. He's a sleepy little croissant. Was oh, this not a Bumblebee episode? It's a sleepy kitten mm. croissant. When the fuck is the pretzel episode? Hmm. Pretzels. <laughs>